Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. How many of you spend your Sunday evenings anxiety-ridden and dreading Monday mornings? We have all been there. Hopefully you're not there right now. I'm not there right now, but I was there for many, many years. And so today we're going to talk about a topic that all of us need to hear around why Monday mornings don't actually have to suck. I didn't know that was an option. I know. It's exciting. (laughs) Eric Harkins is here with us. He's the founder and president of GKG Search and Consulting. He is an author. He will tell you all about the book, Great Leaders Make Sure Monday Mornings Don't Suck. So if you are a leader, it is going to need to be on your reading list for 2021. But to start out with, before we dive into all of the good that is in this book, tell us a little bit about you, how you got here to being an author, being an owner of a company. What's your journey? Yeah, well, uh, it's great to to be on with you. I'm excited for the conversation. And yeah, my career started as an intern with uh, Target Corporation when I was in college. And I had no interest in retail, uh, but they were going to pay me, and that sounded pretty good. And I fell in love with it. And so I started started in Target's management training program and probably took it for granted like everyone else Mm -hmm. because it was an incredible program. The amount of responsibility they gave you, you know, right out of college was uh, more than you probably deserved. more than I deserved for sure, <laughs> right. and uh, and and more than I think most people realize they were getting. Right. And so I spent a few years in retail uh, operations roles, store manager positions. I went to Kohl's and opened a store for Kohl's. I left Kohl's and went back to Target, and uh, spent a few years with a couple different divisions, Super Target and Mervins. And really was enjoying it and uh, was with the Mervyn's division when they were sold. And I was living out in California and, you know, this is a long time ago, dating myself a little bit. (laughs) And so I moved back to Minnesota uh, with Best Buy and, you know, kind of went on this journey, kind of bounced in and out of HR and operations and sales roles. Uh, I have been lucky enough to be the head of HR at three different companies. I was the head of HR uh, at a you know, consumer packaged goods uh, manufacturing organization and a tech company. And then most recently, I was uh, working for a retailer based out of North Carolina. And it was a really cool experience, which led to a lot of the uh, subject matter in the mm-hmm. book around, you know, we were consolidating four different companies and brands into one new business same business but a new you know a new brand a new name of a company mm-hmm. and you know i kind of grinded away through corporate america for 25 years i had all these crazy ideas i kind of call myself the anti hr hr leader <laughs> and i spent you know 20 of my 25 years in hr but really never uh, looked at it as as a traditional role as much as you know an operations position that was focused on talent mm-hmm. and so uh, prior to starting GKG at the beginning of 2020 i put a lot of these ideas and concepts uh, kind of to work at my last organization and it worked and i thought oh you know, maybe there's uh, really something here. I, I know something. And I uh, like this actually worked, and um, and it's been a it's been a blast. And I've published, you know, great leaders make sure Monday morning doesn't suck, and uh, been having a lot of fun having a lot of these conversations. And you said it right. I mean, unfortunately, we all know, or we have mm-hmm. had that feeling on Sunday night. And I talk about it in the book. You know, how many people do you know who? They're already crabby when they wake up on Monday morning and they haven't even stepped into the office. And they pulled into the parking lot and they're already in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm sure we'll talk about it today, but uh, you're right. Uh, Monday mornings don't have to suck. And you know, it's not uh, anything new that people don't know. But the reason, uh, in my opinion, Monday mornings suck is when you have the wrong leader leading a team. Mm-hmm. And that's really the, you know, the main theme throughout the book is your only differentiation these days in this world of Amazon that we're all living in mm-hmm. is who you allow to be a leader in your organization. That's a really important, and just given what we've navigated in the last year, yeah. leaders have been born and leaders have been exposed, or right. people who ha- aren't good leaders, right? And yeah. how they handled kind of what we had to deal with and the people components right. and, and helped people through that. So yeah. on your journey, what do yeah. you think is a superpower, right? We call it strengths, but a superpower that's helped you get to this point in your success. Hmm. That's uh, that's a fun question. I. You know, it's going to sound like a shameless plug for the book, but I, I think my superpower was uh, finding a way to make sure Monday morning didn't suck. Yeah. And it, it sounds simple, but it is possible. And, you know, it, there's a tool that I talk about in the book called LEAD, and LEAD stands for Leadership Expectations and Development. And it's not science-based, you know, it, and, and there's some great tools out there, and yeah. I like a lot of them. But this is, you know, hey, a guy who grinded away through corporate America, right. Fortune 50, Fortune 100, family-owned, tech, PE-backed. I mean, you name it, I've been in that environment. And just looking back at 25 years holding positions from, you know, manager in training to chief administrative officer, what what were the things that really good leaders did? And what if you actually put it together in a tool and said, benchmark your leaders against this? And that's what we do at GKG. And I I really learned over the years that most leaders know what their job is. Just ask them, they'll tell you, I'm the VP of operations, I'm the VP of finance. Ask them, how are you supposed to show up and lead as a leadership team together to create a really cool culture? And you get a blank uh, stare. And that's the whole point is do your leaders understand how you expect them to lead, not what their job is, because those are two different things. And that's where it becomes really visible and really powerful. Because as a team, you're committed to we are going to do these things. Yep. And that really gets into, you know, the topic that we're talking about here is how have you used this? Like, what have you seen the change you saw, right, yeah. in the company before this? Like, because everything you're saying is logical. Yeah. Of course. Right. But yet no company I know thoroughly prepares their leaders to be leaders. They prepare them to be like working managers. And then also you got some people that yeah. you have to, you know, you got to direct as well. Right. Well, uh, so I've had a a few experiences along the way. I've used this tool, uh, and here's good news for anyone listening. It really doesn't matter what your industry is. It really doesn't matter what product you're selling. This isn't just for Fortune 500 companies or family-run businesses because it's about leaders. And so I've used it in very different organizations of very different sizes, Mm -hmm. Uh, some publicly traded, some not. And what usually happens when, you know, on the back cover of the book – is one of my favorite sayings that I like to use with leaders. If you're not sure, you're sure. And when you're sitting, I think it's kind of cool life advice. Like mm-hmm. most of the decisions we make in our life aren't that hard. Uh, we just need to decide if we're going to make them. Right. You know, we know what's right and what's wrong. And, right. Um, but especially if you're talking about talent in your organization. You know, I'm not sure that person should get promoted. Well, if you're not sure, you're sure. You know, I've interviewed that person three times. I'm just, I'm not sure we should hire them. Well, if you're not sure, you're sure. Pretty simple, pretty effective. And so when a leader is struggling with, do I have the right people on my team? 
we pull out the tool and we say, well, let's just let's ask some questions. And I won't read all of them, but you know, you say, hey, do they? The first question is, do they create a culture high performers want to be a part of? And I think there's also a, oh yeah, well they're really, they, they do that. I mean, they take their team out to, uh, you know, have drinks and, right. you know, uh, pre-COVID they'd get together all the time yeah. and they do yeah. a virtual happy hour now and yeah. it's not at all anything around that. Right. It is understanding if you really want to create a culture high performers want to be a part of that you cannot let poor performers be on your team. Right. And it's such a quick flip for that leader of, oh, well, I thought it was about being the fun, you know, high energy boss mm -hmm. that comes and high fives everyone. And it's not that. Nope. And so the next question is, you know, do they bring energy and enthusiasm to work, right? Do they build relationships at all levels of the organization? You know, do they support the direction of the company with no hidden agendas? And it's usually about there where I get the oh shit moment. The realization because they're thinking in their think mind they're doing the assessment aren't doing that and whether we're talking about one person or just in general right and so each of those you know have kind of a what does it really mean and when mm -hmm. I actually do work inside of the organization or when I do a speaking engagement I go a little deeper than I do in the book of what what do each of those really mean but What's it look like? you know support the direction of the company with no hidden agendas I think is one of the biggest opportunities for most companies mm -hmm. and they don't realize it because it doesn't mean that it's intentional mm -hmm. right so the definition of that is hey when when you're sitting with your leadership team and you're talking about a company initiative or a program when they the leaders then take the message out to their team mm -hmm. is it communicated as we or they as simple as that sounds. Hey, we just had a leadership team meeting. I'm so excited about our new sales plan. You guys are gonna love it. Let me tell you about it. Right. Or, well, they came up with a new sales plan and I'm supposed to tell you guys about it. I don't really quite understand it either. And and again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's mean-spirited or, or with no, intent. It's just how you're but that exercise, what I think is really effective is, you know, I've used it by just saying, these are just common sense principles. I mean, I'll read the rest of them really quick. Be decisive. Make a tough call when a tough call needs to be made. Manage the performance of your teams. Consistently deliver results. And help the company grow by developing people. Nobody's ever read the list There's and no said, wow, Eric, I was just going to say, <laughs> nobody has ever read it and said, where did you come up with this, Eric? This is revolutionary stuff. It's not, right. but it's really simple things. But what companies don't do is put them together in a package and say, these are the things we need to see you do as a right. leader. And as a team together, if we all try to do this and you start reading down and what's really fun for me is a lot of times I'll work with a company and they'll say, uh, you know, we, I'm not sure we want all of them. And that's okay. I talk about it in the book. Hey, use it as it's written or customize it. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, they can't figure out which one to take off. Right. So it either becomes a sub bullet of a, a different one mm -hmm. because they're like, well, shit, yeah, well, we can't take that one off. Uh, right. Well, no, we can't. And that's what makes right. it really fun again. And it's not, it's simple, right? Um, yeah. The book is a... Why, why do you think so many people struggle with this though? Because it is hard to do an honest assessment of your leaders. I mean, it, yeah. it is so hard for some people because they get caught in relationships, they get caught in tenure, mm -hmm. and they get caught in performance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I gave a presentation once and I said, you know, there's three things that, that are roadblocks to companies when they talk about talent. 
they let relationships trump performance. But I've known him for 20 years. I know his kids, my kids play basketball with his kids. The second one is they let tenure trump performance. But in 1998, they were our top salesperson. Yeah, well, it's 2021. (laughs) Um, And then they let performance trump behavior. And that's the hardest one. You know, how you get the results has to be as important as the results. Yeah, but they're our top salesperson. Yeah, but they're an asshole. Yeah, but they're our top salesperson. Yeah, but nobody likes working with them. Yeah, but they did 140% of the sales plan last year. You're telling me I need to get rid of that person? Yeah, because the highest performing salesperson that works for that person did 87% of their sales plan. What could that look like if they all did 140%? And it's easy for you and I to say, oh yeah, that's logic. But when you're in that moment with the CEO or the business leader who is saying, wait, I have to actually sit down with this person who's worked with me for X number of years and helped me build the company, but unfortunately failed to keep up and didn't evolve and change as we did. and and so you know a lot of leaders uh, we know, we decide avoid to avoid the conversation. Absolutely, I see it all the time, and because it's hard. It is hard. It's, it's very hard, hard to have difficult conversations. And when I have my first either you know pitch meeting or a meeting with a CEO where I'm kind of talking about here's how it works, I always say, listen, it's this is the hard part. The easy part is saying, yeah, we like the lead tool, because if you do an honest assessment of any team. You have to have two outcomes. You have to identify some people who are not going to be part of your future. Mm-hmm. And you have to identify some people who are probably and hopefully a huge part of your future. Okay. But I have a, a, a concept in the book that I talk about, address the one or lose the nine. And I really, truly believe right. every team right. of 10 people has right. one person. That doesn't mean they all need to be fired. But it means they haven't been held accountable or they aren't delivering at the level they need to. And if you don't address that one person, I promise you, you're going to lose the other nine. Because three of them are going to go across the street to your competitor. Three of them are going to model that behavior because you let it be acceptable. And the worst in every company I've ever worked in has this. Three of them quit, but they never give you their notice. They show up every day, but they quit you about two years ago. And they're just working for the weekend going through the motions right. and they're not buying what you're selling. They're not buying what they're selling. And uh, every place I've ever worked has those folks. And right. the longer you let those folks stay, the longer your high potential people get disengaged. Right. And I think, you know, looking back at my corporate years and I, I, there's such a stigma and I see this in small business too, is that, you know, you want to get to be a leader, a yeah. leadership position because right. that's seniority and title and right, right all of that. Right. But yet, there are a lot of people who are not cut out, nor do they even enjoy being a leader, but that's the only path yeah. is to lead other people. Yeah. And we put them in those roles when yeah. they don't like it, and it's yeah. not the right thing for the company. Right. So talk about that. I mean, the yeah. leaders who are listening no. going, and, oh my gosh, I've got people on my team. They're not good leaders. Like, what do you do? Yeah, it's just such a great conversation because, first of all, that doesn't mean that they're not valuable to your organization. Correct. Right? It doesn't right. mean you have to go fire them tomorrow, and we'll come back to that. Yeah. But this whole concept of you know the, the Monday mornings um, you know, when they suck, I really, I, I always say it's because one of three things. Either you're a high potential and your boss hasn't told you that yet. Mm-hmm. You're a low potential and your boss, boss hasn't told, told you that, that yet. <laughs> or you don't know what you are right. and you you need direction and you haven't you haven't gotten it. Right. Right. And you feel like you could be doing more, using your strengths yeah. more. Yeah. And and I think 
to answer the question about the leaders, you know, it's it's tough because, uh, and this saying's been around for a long time, or this concept's been around for a long time, that, you know, A players hire A players, C players hire C players. Mm-hmm. And the challenge is if, if the leader doesn't know that they're not a good leader, but they think they are, they're hiring people just like them. And, you know, the, the one lead bullet of help the company grow by developing people, that's a fun conversation to have inside of organizations because a lot of times that's not an expectation right. for a lot of companies. Right. You know, you don't have to have your backup on your team. A good leader wants to. Mm-hmm. But I also ask the question, hey, do your leaders get excited about the idea of having their backup on their team or threatened? Right. Because a great leader understands the best way for me to get promoted is to have Billy waiting in the wings for my job. The best way and, for hey, me Sa- to look smarter. Sally can take over right. tomorrow. Right. So what does that mean for me? Right. Versus, wait, this Sally person's high potential. If, if I hire her, they, right. won't, they won't need me. And so, you know, the leader who may not be a good leader, unfortunately, isn't the one who needs to make that assessment. Right. Right. It's the person that they're reporting to that has to have. So it goes back to that having that honest assessment. And again, uh, not to pull it back to, you know, my tool, because there's a lot of good ones out there, but find a tool. Right. Uh, I think lead is based in 25 years of real world work experience, getting my ass kicked for 25 (laughs) years in corporate America and saying, hey, I've had some really good leaders and I was really lucky to have some really bad leaders. So what would you say to the leader that's listening that is wondering, am I a good leader? Because now you, you've made yeah. them think, like, yeah. oh, crap. You know, um, I think there's a couple things. Because there's self-awareness. Think, can, you, can you do some level of self-assessment? Yeah, I think you can. And, and I think, you know, if you, if you were to use a tool like LEAD and just say, and again, these are such simple concepts, right. but, you know, do I create a culture high performers want to be a part of? You know, what does that mean to me? You know, ask your team, right? Like, right. that's a really... Vulnerable, good and but, vulnerable yeah. way that a good leader right. and there's this concept that you know if you if you lead people I have always believed like if you were to ask people who worked for me over the years hey was Eric a good boss I would hope the high potential people who worked for me would say you know what Eric was a good boss or, or I liked Eric or I'd yeah. work for Eric again or whatever and I would suspect that if you asked people who are not high performers if I was a good boss, they'd say, mm, yeah, I didn't care for him too much. Right. He held me accountable. <laughs> and I think you have to be okay with right. both. Right. And I don't think that's arrogance. I think that's leadership. And so I think if you're sitting there asking the question, you know, ask your team. Like, what could I do to make your life better? Right. You know, do I create a culture that high potential people want to be a part of? Yeah. You know, do you think I... If I could do one thing better, what would it be? Now, some people aren't going to be courageous enough to answer honestly, but I bet at least one person will be. And they'll start, yeah. And that'll start the conversation. And, you know, there's, I, I think, I mean, there are some obvious, you know, there's turnover metrics and there's engagement surveys and there's other things mm-hmm. that can kind of determine if it's good. You know, I talk about, uh, and it, it, I spent a lot of my career in retail and, and we used to talk about the smell test that, you know, just walk into a department or a store and, you know, does it smell good or does it smell bad? Right. And yeah. that, that sounds kind of funny, but yeah. it's like you can tell within a couple minutes, like, 
is the team engaged? Right. You know, are they excited to see a visitor from corporate or are they like, who's this corporate, you know, person coming in or um, are they engaging with the guests or customers, whatever you call so them? So you can almost diagnose and whether they have good leader even if the, without even meeting the leader. It, it sounds silly, but yeah. Like, uh-huh. I get it. You know, and <laughs> one of the uh, one of the lines I use in the book is, you know, the best way to reduce your turnover is to fire more people. And people always need a little second to think about that. <laughs> but in 25 years of running lots of different retailers, and you know, my last uh, position, we had over a thousand locations in 47 states. Mm-hmm. And take a store or a district or a region that has high turnover, bad customer survey scores, bad engagement, you don't even have to switch out the team, but make one change, the leader, and that leader usually comes in and gets rid of the low-performing employees, so you see a spike in turnover, and then it goes way down and stays down because you've cleaned it up. up. And so I do think you can walk around. I mean, I think we all do that in our life. I mean, you walk into a Target in one city, you walk into a Target in another city, and yeah, look and feel is the same, or any retailer, Walgreens, but you can tell when there's a decent manager running that store. Right. You know, there's a there's a uh, coffee shop. I won't say the name of mm-hmm. it. That I almost stopped going to because it was so bad. And finally, I, I went one day, and it was awesome. And then I went again, and they were fast and they were friendly. And I asked, mm-hmm. just out of curiosity, I said, "Hey, I'm just curious. Did you guys get a new store manager? Yeah, like a month ago. How did you know? I was I was just curious." So and then and my wife's like, I can't believe you just did that. And I said, hey, it worked. I was right. Like, it sounds so silly, but it's just so true, right? It makes a huge and uh, if you can get people excited about what they're doing and, uh, you know, I think I would ask, you know, to, to come back to your question, I would, I, would, I would ask. I would ask my team. Yeah. What could I do to be a better leader? We talk a lot about with leaders and, and, and the clients that we work with around asking different questions. Because I think as leaders, we get in the routine of asking a lot of the same questions. What yeah. happened? Right. What are we going to do? Right? It's right. just it's work-related, but we don't right. ever ask about those kinds of things. Yeah. And I think asking different questions turns on different parts of people's brains. Yeah. And actually, you'll, you'll engage in a much deeper dialogue right. with them. Well, and one of the one of my favorite things to uh, talk to employees about, or have leaders talk to their employees about, is and it's sort of the the opposite of am I a good leader? Hey, is this a cool place to work? A good right. place to work is uh, one of the I think one of the craziest arguments that's still taking place is this whole multi generational and you know millennials right. or Gen Z or whatever you know right. is ruining the workplace. I've never believed that. I've never bought into that argument because I believe. If you're 22 starting your career or 62 thinking about retirement, you want three things when you come to work. You want a cool place with cool projects and cool people. Mm-hmm. And a cool place is, it might be the brand, it might be the product, it might be the corporate office, it might be the home office setup you get. Right. Something about the brand and the company resonates with you. Right. Cool projects is, is my work engaging and rewarding? Right. Do I feel like I'm contributing? Do I see a career path if I want one? And cool people has to be the company's commitment to not let assholes be leaders. And so leaders will say, well, how do I know if I have that? I said, ask your team. Tell hey, you. is this a cool place with cool projects and cool people? And even if you don't define it for them, I promise you they'll tell you. Yeah. 
And then, you know, you'll get some really good feedback that hopefully you can be a driving force of the change and be a leader in saying, hey, I, I just did a little pulse survey, you know, uh, right. had a Zoom call and, you know, um, asked my team, hey, do you think this is a cool place? And it, it's kind of fascinating depending on your environment and depending how far you are from being a cool place with right. cool projects and cool people. Uh, I promise you'll get some pretty engaging answers that uh, are actionable. So is that where you would suggest leaders start? For leaders that are listening, like yeah. to get a pulse with their team and to get some feedback is just yeah. to just start I, asking You questions. use the word and it's be vulnerable. Right. Just be, be vulnerable. You know, right. I, I call it in the book, I say be real. Right. right? Be right. who you are. Right. Don't yeah. be fake. And, you know, fake sucks. And people know what fake is. Right. And they see right through it. Right. And, you know, that leader who, you know, unfortunately, the leader who ran over people for three, four years, screamed at people, uh, created a terrible culture and, you know, got feedback that they need to be a, uh, you know, different different type of leader. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, they have a long road ahead of them because it doesn't come across as genuine unless it is. If they can really they pivot can, and make it a right. truly genuine change, but if it's window dressing, especially right. your high performers, they just they see through it. So right. be authentic, be vulnerable, and ask. And but, it's not, you know, what I think what you're saying is 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 if, if a business owner is listening, it's not fire your leaders maybe that aren't good. Is you've got to have a real conversation with them, and then you need to yeah. give them. The coaching, the support, the met, whatever they need to see if they can improve. Because yeah. some of this is making people aware. Yeah. Some of it's fundamentally you're either a good leader or not. Yeah. But I do think there's a muscle yep. in there that you can build and For you sure. can mature into yeah. being a better leader. Right. Some people can. Yeah. Not and all. Not all, but right. some can for sure. Right. And, you know, I also think there's a lot of leaders who don't, don't take the time to get to know their team right. on an individual level. But I think almost more important, they don't take the time to let their team get to know them. Right. And I talk about this exercise in the book, GTKM, Get to Know Me. And a couple of places I've worked used to do it too, and I took it and have used it for years where it's sort of, uh, there's a visual in the book, it's my life in one slide, right? right? And in about 10 minutes, you can tell a team of however many people a lot about you. Right? You value I grew up important. in Rochester. I went right. to school at St. Cloud State. I, this was my favorite author. This was my first car. This is my favorite band. Doesn't have to be super elaborate. Doesn't. Right. But over the years, when I've done that, it's always fascinating to me how many times. Uh, and you know, back when we used to get together in a conference room together, or now <laughs> on Zoom, people who've worked together for ten years. Right. You, you went to St. Cloud State. I went to St. Cloud State. How did we not know that? I mean, as simple as that sounds, it's about just showing them who you are. Right? We do this during our annual planning yeah. with leadership teams that have been working together forever, and we yeah. call it personal histories. Yeah. But it's the same thing. You know that when you meet someone random that right. went to your alma mater, right. you're like, you oh, just, I like them. Yeah. I like them. I, they could be the worst person on the right. planet, but I'm like, they're cool. I joke all the time when in search. I'm like, well, I haven't even had a call with them yet. I'm talking to the hiring manager right. that I'm doing the search for. Right. But they went to St. Cloud State, so I know I'm going to like them. Yeah, and they're like, well, can you interview them first? Right, I'm like, right, yeah, I'll interview right, them right. first. But that's where but the no, trust that comes common from ground when you have that just, common bond yep. on something, yeah. whatever it is, same kind of dog or yeah. same kind of, you know, whatever. And, yeah. and why not let your team know who you are and what you're about? And, and why, why not get to know your team? And, and be in an environment, either as the leader or the employee every right. day, right. where people give a crap. Right. 
about who you are as a person, not right. just how you perform. Because part of job. creating the culture high performers want to be a part of, or anyone wants to be a part of, is that, you know, my boss knows me well enough that if he or she asked me to present to the CEO, I would be mortified. I wouldn't sleep the night before. Right. I don't want to be in that environment. I want to be the behind the scenes person. And the person sitting next to them is just the opposite. Right. Give me every opportunity to present right. to the CEO because I want that platform. But when a leader doesn't know is a, something as important as that, and they ask the person, hey, can you be on the call with me tomorrow with whoever? They don't even realize that they just, the that, anxiety, person, that right. person didn't sleep. They are so mortified. They are so anxiety ridden on something as simple as, wow, I had no idea. Well, we could have leveraged someone and, else's strength. That you know, Mary over here is saying, oh, I would have loved to, uh, you know, do that for you. Right. So it's very simple. Again, yeah. none of these concepts are super. It's a good reminder, uh, But though. it's good reminders. And I had somebody um, happen to be a family member who read the book and said, I never thought to put a slide together with kind of who I am. And he said, I, I love it. Like it's right. just, this is who I am, right? Here's my favorite sports team. You'll find common ground, whatever it is. Right. My favorite author, you know, um, where I went to high school, where I grew up, yeah. states I've lived in. And to your point, then you've just, you know, then you've become real. Yep. And you're a real person. So So how can people get their hands on the book? Yeah. How can people learn more about how you can help them? Yep. Yeah, well, uh, so the book, Great Leaders Make Sure Monday Morning Doesn't Suck, is available on Amazon. Okay. You can also go to uh, my website, which is GKG, the letter G, the letter K, the letter G, consultants.com. Uh, you can get contact information for me uh, on our website as well. Uh, love to do speaking engagements. Uh, you know, we do a lot of work. GKG, real quick, the elevator pitch is pretty simple. We work with companies to help them focus on the three things we think are most important to their business. Getting talent, keeping talent, and growing talent. GKG. And so that's uh, a number of things from executive search to leadership development to executive coaching and kind of all things that fit into that. What's your pain point getting, okay. keeping or growing? So go to Amazon. Uh, it's available uh, obviously on Amazon, Kindle, audiobook coming soon. Uh, it's in the final edits. And I have to and, do a plug for those of you who are going to go buy this. Chapter six. <laughs> chapter just, six. When you it's get my it, favorite. when you get it, just go to chapter six. It's a quick read. <laughs> You'll get what I mean when you see it, but it's just no. Chapter six I'll be, is my and favorite. Actually, uh, I have posted it on social media so that you can see what chapter six looks like. So you awesome. get a free chapter <laughs> on my social media love feed. <laughs> I love it. Thank Perfect. you for being hey, here and being part fun. of this conversation. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Thank I you. I think it's so important, all of us as leaders, because there's no perfect leader. So even that list is we can all get better, right? Environments are changing. The business climate's changing. And we need to check ourselves and make yeah. sure we're evolving yeah. to meet what the new requirements are in this right. leadership space. And so I think this book is a great way for people to, in a, in a quick way, for people to just get a gut check yeah. on yeah. how well am I doing, how well are my leaders doing. Yeah. And I believe, I mean, uh, I truly believe we can change culture one Monday morning at a time. I love that. I love it. We're, we're on the same path. I love, love that too. Awesome. And to everybody listening, thank you for continuing to engage, right? As, as we kind of jump into 2021 here, 
you know, I, I think all of us have learned a lot about ourselves, about the world around us, and these podcasts are meant to just be simple paradigm shifts, right? Just shift one little piece at a time to shift your perspective and shift your outlook on how you look at things. So we're hoping that did that today's topic did that for you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up. 